Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, Kathy, it's uh, great seeing you again uh, today. And uh, yesterday was sure fun uh, having yeah. Linda as our guest. And she really enjoyed that sharing. And uh, she's she's really been excited about those eagles, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. It was so fun to have her on there. And I yeah. know everyone enjoyed just getting a glimpse of the two of you together and all that God has done in y'all's story. It's fun to see. Yeah. I had a funny little revelation as you guys were talking yesterday. You got married the very same year I was born. In fact, <laughs> a, a few weeks Whoa. later, <laughs> a few weeks later. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, the uh, 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 I was 20 and Linda was 18. Wow. Uh, and this is back in Illinois. So that um, in those days, um, you, couldn't ju- you couldn't just go off and get married uh, as a male if you were under 21. Really, you had to have your parents' uh, written permission. Oh my uh, To get a, to get a marriage license, so I had to get their permission. Uh, Linda, eighteen, she was already a woman was already of age at eighteen, so she didn't need her her parents' permission. Although That's although I had I had asked them, and uh, a funny little thing about our our wedding um, when I I asked her to uh, get engaged, we were at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. Uh-huh. And I, I'm a junior; she's a freshman. Uh, and there's this big um, uh, cliff, little hill uh, overlooking the entire city. So it's a beautiful view, oh, you know, the lights and all that. So I took her up there. Well uh, done. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, we were overlooking the city and uh, and then I asked her to marry me. And of course, you know, she said yes. And I had, interesting enough, um, because we had dated in high school and then I went to college, uh, I actually bought the ring when I was a freshman. Oh, wow. Uh, and I had paid at that time, you know, I, I didn't have credit cards. So uh, I paid it uh, monthly. Uh-huh. And in, you know, in the uh, middle of my junior year, uh, or no, early in my junior year, uh, I finished paying it off. Uh, oh, wow. So now, now I could go, <laughs> now I could actually go get it. Um, and so I had, had the wing and gave her the ring and she said yes. And so um, we went up to her, her parents and my, my family was on the way. So um, uh, I we stopped it there and and shared with them you know what we did and they were happy and excited and um, and then I went to Linda's uh, family and Linda was a pastor's kid mm-hmm. uh, so her dad's a, a pastor you know her mom's pastor's wife and so uh, we went and um, uh, went up there and uh, she uh, uh, you know they were all excited as well and. You know, we said, you know, she said, what date? And I said, well, sometime this summer. And so her mom <laughs> looks at the calendar of the church calendar uh-huh. and said, well, the only date available is June 13th. <laughs> so you're going to get mar- decision made. <laughs> you're going to get married in that, you know, and, and then, you know, we'll do a we'll do a reception. And, and we've got the photographers and all that stuff that already do all this stuff, you know. And, and uh, I said, great. And I, I just said to Linda, I said, 
you know, just send me an invitation and I'll come, you know. <laughs> so uh, it was, it oh, was quite, great. it was quite fun. And, uh, and we had a, uh, a great wedding and, and the night of the wedding, um, it was at seven o'clock and um, I was probably lived about 10 minutes away. Uh -huh. um, and so we, we left at about 620 to get there, you know, on time. Cause I just had to show up and get ready to, you know, get, uh, get ready, set up. And, um, there's one train track that we have to pass. And of, oh, co no. of course, oh, no. there's a long, <laughs> there's a long freight train and we're sitting there, sitting there and it's getting later and later and later. And it's like, I'm, I'm going to be late for my own wedding, you know? And, but we, we made it with five, five minutes to spare. Oh, uh, that's awesome. And it worked out good. Uh, and her dad did the wedding. It was great. So, excellent. Uh, uh, we had great fun. So, yeah. well, uh, it really was a treat to have her on yesterday and yeah. just uh, to to hear her joy. That's one of the things we all know about Linda. Yeah. Who know and love her is her joy for God is so contagious. When she laughs, when she smiles, when she talks about Him, she just oozes Jesus, and she I love does. it. She does. Yep. Yeah. She's her, her second name is Joy. Um, <laughs> And uh, as we talked yesterday uh, with Linda about her abiding experience mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, getting into and seeing the, you know, pay attention to eagle. And I got something to say to you about eagles and great right. phenomenal revelation that we've, we've really used and taught about uh, sitting on the promise and mm -hmm. turn, turn, keep turning it, uh, staying with it. Um, you know, it just, it reminds us of, you know, the beauty of, uh, eating God's word, like we said out of mm -hmm. Jeremiah 15, yes. uh, and it becomes a joy to you uh, to right. receive uh, this new revelation that, you know, we hadn't understood this, you know, for all these years. We understood about promises, but uh, the staying with it process mm -hmm. was really, you know, significant. So God says, well, I have, I just not, I have something more to show you. Right. Uh, and he did it through the things that Linda likes, which is eagles, and then over months, you know, told, told her that. And, uh, so as we, as we think about abiding, um, uh, and we've been processing abiding, uh, and the significance of abiding, uh, is again, um, well, how do you, how do you really get into it? How do you, hmm. how do you process it in journal and journaling is really critical partly is because, yeah. you know, like Linda, when she got that revelation about the Eagle, um, and she's learned this is she had to go write it down mm -hmm. uh, because even though you get it and yet the moment you say, this is so significant, I'll never forget it. Right. But if you don't write it down, literally within a week or two, you kind of get fuzzy about it. And right. uh, I, I don't really remember all of that. Um, and, and, and we'll find out as we journal and, and process uh, in the word that, uh, you're going to write things because the spirit mm -hmm. is guiding and leading you. You're going to write yeah. things that you even go back and look at and say, um, I don't remember writing that. Right. Uh, right. But, but look at this. I just, I just had a guy share with me. I was, I had lunch with a, with a business exec that I've been discipling and he was sharing with me, uh, that, uh, he went to a Biden retreat a, a month mm -hmm. ago, uh, and he's been abiding journaling and he shared with me that he had written, uh, in his journal, uh, something, and he went back and looked at it, and he was he was overwhelmed. He didn't remember writing it. Mm -hmm. He was overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, look at this revelation that I need to now process because right. I did write it down, but I don't remember writing it down. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that that's that's how it works. So yeah. it's it's really beautiful. So uh, today, uh, I thought we would look at uh, there's this great story of Jesus uh, as a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the life of Jesus in, in the Gospels, we we of course learn about his birth, right, and, and all that happened around that, uh, and the traveling, you know, to Egypt and back. Uh, to resettle in Nazareth, but um, we we and then we start when we starts his ministry, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, he's thirty years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so primarily, we don't know much about his childhood. There's right. one there's one glimpse we get, uh, which is him at age twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, as we read the story, the context here is uh, a a Jewish male at age 12, which is, uh, and now, you know, at third, at, he's just about ready to what they call bar, bar mitzvah or, or bat mitzvah mm-hmm. for women, uh, is come of age. Right. Uh, and back then, um, at age 12 or 13, they would have been considered an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mary, when she got married with Joseph, probably wasn't older than 13, 14 years old. That's hard to fathom, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and their lifespan, you know, is generally, you know, 30 to, to 40 years old. Uh, so uh, he was already an adult. So uh, this story is when he got le- he got left behind in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the interesting thing is that uh, it's not that surprising because we would say, oh, my gosh, how could you be that, you know, negligent uh, to leave to leave a twelve year old back, but it, it it would be like an adult. So you have a, you have an adult son, mm-hmm. Joshua, who Joshua, yeah. by the way, who has helped us with all our technology, and, and <laughs> yes. we we continue to. Uh, yesterday, when we had a guest on, he had different things we had to do, and that took a while, and then we have to reset it today, and um, so it's all it's all interesting stuff. But Joshua's, by the way, a, a great help to us. But let's say Joshua was traveling with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were and you were in a big group, right? So there were four or five, six cars that were all together, and Joshua was one of them. As an adult, would you be worried about is he in the group or not? You know, uh, fundamentally, right, right, not not as much. I would definitely just trust that he could make his way. Now yeah. my daughter Anna, I would be watching yeah. <laughs> for and corralling and making sure she knows where she's going because yeah. it would be new to her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't be. Um, you wouldn't be focused on, I got to make sure that my little kid is with me. Because right. if you have an adult with you, you assume, well, they're they're going right. to get in the group, you know, and, and come yeah. back. Because that's the way it normally went, uh, is they traveled back and forth from Nazareth to Jer- uh, Jerusalem for, right. the, for the feast. So he's there. He's there for the feast. Um, okay, so let's read this story, uh, Luke 2. Uh, 42 to 52. And Kathy, if you'd uh, read that, it's a really great uh, understanding, interesting enough, of how Jesus learned to abide. Excellent. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. 
And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Okay. Um, uh, and um, see, in this in this version, they didn't really talk about the uh, his interaction with the uh, Pharisees, did he? Uh, it's interesting. They took they took that whole thing out. Um, oh. Yeah. So, um, if we uh, uh, look at it in a, in another, there's one actually there's, verse forty six. They they okay. do after three days they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, yeah. listening to them and asking them questions. Asking them questions. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So it, it does talk about that. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, so uh, here uh, Jesus is, um, you know, he's left behind. Uh, actually, he said he stayed behind. Mm -hmm. uh, so he purposely, you know, had this set up this way. Uh, and they say, you know, Mary says to Joseph, you know, have you seen Jesus? Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't seen him. You know, have you seen him? You know, no. And all of a sudden they realize he's not there. So they got to go back and get him. Uh, so they have to walk back a day and they find him in the temple, mm -hmm. um, which meant they were looking all over Jerusalem. And if you look in the old city, uh, they didn't immediately go there because they weren't sure. So they just started walking around the, the streets you know, hey, have you seen Jesus, uh, our son? And, mm -hmm. you know, no. And then they look around, they finally go up, you know, to the temple. Uh, and there he is. Um, mm -hmm. And he's sitting with the uh, teachers and the Pharisees. Um, and there's three things that is spoken here that is illustrative of how we are to abide. Uh, right. And so he said he's listening mm -hmm. to what is being taught. Um, and they're teaching him out of the Old Testament. Right. Um, and so his first uh, uh, process that he used was to to do what? What was he doing? He actually went to the teachers and, and was listening and asking Listen, questions. Yeah, he's listening. He listening. So yeah. he's listening um, and receiving, mm -hmm. okay, what are you saying to me? Uh, right. So that um, as he's learning this to abide with the Father, he learned to listen mm -hmm. to the Father. So that in your uh, abiding, so like what Linda was doing and shared yesterday about the or verses about the eagle, um, what we do is we write it out longhand, first mm -hmm. of all, the verses, uh, because that there's something about the connectivity of what you write to getting it start to see things and start to receive things because if you right. if you just read it you're going to miss a lot of the uh nuances of the verse the truth right. of the verse if you copy it from a computer to something else or just highlight it in a computer mm -hmm. again you're not you're not spending the time to write it down right um, Interestingly enough, as a, a former teacher, yeah, yeah. Um, that was something we learned in education courses. That is, there is an actual process of learning that takes place when you physically write something out. That is why we have kids, you know, writing notes out and writing things out that they're learning. Um, but there is something that transpires in the neural synapses that helps to um, 
ingrain it in your brain more when you actually write it out. Right, right. And so then there's, you, a, then there's it, a scientific reason there too. That's right. And you start to see the the words, you know, all mm -hmm. the fours and the therefores and the uh, phrases and the interesting mm -hmm. uh, verses. So you write out the verse, you write out the verse. Um, and then there's a listening process of, uh, okay, now that I've, I'm in this verse, I'm in this word, um, Father, what do you have to say to me? What do you want to mm -hmm. show me about this? And you start receiving, this is how you're hearing from God, is these new thoughts that come into your, your heart, your, your mind, uh, you write them down. So what I'm mm -hmm. hearing is this, um, and you're writing down you know, those, those uh, understanding of what you're listening to, because you're listening to God through the Holy Spirit who's resident in you. Right. So he says, I have something to say to you. Um, and now that you're here looking at my written word, I'm going to speak to you about these things and, and mm -hmm. show you things re re called revelation, disclosure, right. disclosure, insight, wisdom. Um, and then he said the second thing that he did uh, was uh, he asked questions. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, I think, a really interesting uh, statement about Jesus is that he said, okay, I heard what you said, and so I have a question about that. Mm -hmm. um, how does that work? What does that mean? Um, it, you said this and you said this. How do they connect? Uh, I'm not sure how to receive this fully, but I have a question about it. So that your journal, uh, and the mm -hmm. way that, that particularly my journal uh, looks, is my journal is full of questions. Right. Uh, because I'm looking at scripture, uh, he's speaking to me, I'm listening to him, and it elicits um, uh, a thought, a question, mm -hmm. a what about, how does this work, how can I experience this, um, uh, what's the difference between this and this, mm -hmm. um, and see a lot of times there should be absolute natural questions, like for example, right. uh, in uh, Romans 8, 1 and 2, uh, it says, therefore now... There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, for mm -hmm. the Spirit has set us free mm. from sin and death. Um, and again, because you're paying attention to verb, verb uh, tenses, right. um, it says now, I'm not experiencing condemnation, and the now is every single moment. Right. Uh, no, I'm not experiencing condemnation. Um, uh, and so the first question is, as you read that, would be uh, as he's trying to speak to you that you know I've released you from the the issues of your failures of the issues of mm -hmm. your of your poor uh, nature uh, of the things that be you know that cause you to stumble. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna heal those, uh, but now there is no condemnation. Mm -hmm. So your question would be, well then, why do I still live in guilt? Right. Um, I am, I feel guilty because I, I made some mistakes. I'm, I'm trying to get out of something. I deal with execs again that, that tend to have a problem with uh, pornography. They try to manage it. Mm -hmm. Um, and they fail. Uh, they try and they fail and they try and they fail and they basically just give up mm -hmm. and say, I guess this is just it. I, I can't get over this. Um, and, um, and I say to them, well, uh, would you like to get healed of it? You know, and mm -hmm. the answer is, yeah, I really would. Well, you can't do it on your own. 
Right. Uh, you have to let God the Spirit uh, work through you and get these words inside of you and transform you and get to mm-hmm. the root of the issue. So they, they've read this verse, you know, and I take them to, therefore, there is no condemnation. Right. Uh, and they say, yeah, I understand that, but I feel so guilty mm-hmm. with what I'm doing um, and what I'm trapped in, and I'm stuck constantly in guilt. Mm-hmm. Okay, now there's a disconnect. Uh, so the, the question that they would have as they're listening and writing this down would be, is it possible for me to be released from guilt since you said I am. Right. Um, and then the father would speak to them and say, yes, it is. Now stay with me and I'll release this from you, uh, the guilt, mm-hmm. so that we can get to the healing part. Right, um, right. And they would they would move on. Uh, the second thing here is it said the spirit of life has, has set you free already past tense from sin and death. Mm-hmm. Well, again, my, my question in my journal when I, when I processed this was, if that's true, then why <laughs> do I still struggle with sin? Right. If you set me free, then why do I still struggle with sin? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good question. It's a natural question. Um, and these are the kind of things in Scripture that as we come against things that we should say, well, wait a second. If that's true, then how come I'm not experiencing it? Or what am I missing Right. about this, you know, and so I had to take that question and God said, good question, son. Uh, let's go process this. Yeah. Um, and so I had to go deeper uh, into uh, what it looked like to uh, struggle with sin mm-hmm. and was led to uh, Romans chapter six, uh, actually seven and then six. Seven was uh, when you try to do it yourself, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you still have the sin nature in you. Uh, and if you try to, to do anything that was called in the flesh or on your own power, uh, you're going to fail and you're going to be trapped with, with sin. Um, he said the only remedy actually is to put to death the flesh mm-hmm. and live in, live in the spirit, but you got to do that every single day. Right. Um, and then Romans 6, you know, talked us, talked us through about whoever you present yourself to, you're a slave to. Mm-hmm. And either it's a binary situation. Yes, you've been set free from sin. But um, if you follow me and surrender to me, you'll live the freedom of that. If you mm-hmm. choose to go back and do it on your own, you've, you've presented your body back to uh, uh, actually the enemy and through the flesh, and you go back into, into prison. So the, the picture I got, so I said, okay, help me understand this. And he gave me a picture. Uh, he said, okay, um, uh, remember how you came to know me. Uh, mm-hmm. You were you were basically in prison, in jail. Right. Uh, you're trapped. You're separated. I went before the judge, uh, and I paid the penalty for you. I took on the 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 punishment that you deserved, mm-hmm. and I took it on myself. So then I came down um, to you, and I said, "I've got the key uh, to let you out. You're free. Mm-hmm. You've been set free by the judge." but you're still there standing in jail. And I've got the key to the door. Mm-hmm. And, and son, you got to make a choice. Are you going to follow me? And if you, and he says, if you, interesting enough in, in chapter six, it says, if you become my slave, you'll get freedom. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a conundrum. In order for you to get freedom, you got to become my slave. And the word there is my bondservant willing to follow me completely. 
Right. If you choose not to and you say, no, I'm going to do it myself, he said, then I'm not opening the door. Mm-hmm. And you're still locked up. And that's why you experience sin. I've set you free, but you have a second choice to make. Mm-hmm. Are you going to follow me today or not? Um, and so it, that happened all through that abiding out of that natural question mm-hmm. of, well, wait a second. If that's true, then how come? Right. Uh, and I know, I know you've experienced things like that as you, as you journal, you know, what, what, what are some of the yeah. things that you've experienced well, in that? I tell you what's so funny. I didn't know you were going to be talking about Romans six today, but literally the last two days I have been in Romans six. Ah, cool. Um, it's so fun how God works things like that. But, um, one of the things that just strikes me as you're talking about that, um, is this idea, you know, you talk about being a bond servant and, you know, and, and in Romans six, it talks about, you know, you were once, you know, slaves to sin, right. but now you are slaves to righteousness in that, that bond servant, that slave. Um, the reason I was in Romans six is I have been for the last, probably it's probably been almost two months already now that he's been really teaching me the word doulos. Yeah. Um, it's doulos in in the Greek and abed in the Hebrew, but what it is to be a servant to him. Yes. And, um, and so cool because there is actually different words for servant in the Bible. And one is really serving others, but this do loss and this abed, this is so committed to the purpose of God that you're all about him. It's keeping your eyes fixed on him. And so a lot of times when you see that word, um, that's what's going on. And so as he talks about you become this slave to righteousness, I even looked up as I was like, okay, well, what does that look like to be a slave to righteousness? You know, right. cause I really had never spent time pressing in on what that looks like. And in my mind, being a slave to righteousness was looking a certain way on the outside that, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, don't we all kind of tend to think that way sometimes. Okay. Yeah. That means I'm, I'm definitely pure in thought. I'm definitely only putting certain things in. I'm only acting a certain way. That's a slave to righteousness. And as I unfolded that verse, he instead said, no, 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 that is not actually what a slave to righteousness is. When you look at being a doulos to righteousness, to being totally committed and devoted to me out of love for me, you become a slave to righteousness and righteousness is actually a return to the original form. How beautiful is that? So it is as I am a slave to him, it is I am a slave to what he designed me to be from the very beginning, not what I became as I was polluted by the world and by sin, but who he created me to be. Now, if that's not a place you want to step into, I don't know what is. Yeah. And that's a a great description of the abundant life uh, is I'm going to restore to you uh, the beautiful things of life. If, uh, but the condition is you have to abide in me. Apart from yes. me, apart from me, you can do nothing. So, right. Uh, I can't. Uh, and it's really see. I look at things really simply. Uh, and that God says, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna provide you this abundant life, restore to you, mm-hmm. just like you're experiencing. Yeah. Um, I want to return you to the fullness of who you, who you were intended to be." Right. And, and I can do that and see and who he already sees us as. Yeah, that's that's such an important part of our identity is we need to begin to see ourselves as who he sees us as. Absolutely. And then as he um, uh, as again, as I see, see things simply, he said, that's what I want to do. Now, he said, there, he said, in order for me to do that, I need I need you with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. I can't when you're walking away on your own. I can't do this. You, you're, you're not mm-hmm. allowing me to do this. You have to right. you got to be with me. Uh, and that's why the abiding is so critical and so joyful. 
uh, right. as, you, as you're experiencing is you, you get into it so that even as you're looking at that um, and God's saying, I want to I want to show you uh, what a servant looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't look at it as, well, he must be unhappy with me that I'm not a good servant. No, um, no, see, you don't, so <laughs> you don't, you don't view it that way. You, you just mm-hmm. say, well, this is going to be wonderful that he now has said to me, I want to show you the depth of this right. and, and not just, uh, do it intellectually. So it doesn't mm-hmm. do you any good for you to say to us, well, I know what a do loss is. Um, mm-hmm. okay, great. My question and God's question to you, which is what you're working through. Do you not know about it? Are you a do loss? Right. <laughs> and and for me, so one of the sweetest things that he has spoken over this is when this all started and he is just continuing to unfold it. Literally, I was I was starting with asking him questions on my identity. Yep. And he spoke doulas over me. He uh, said, Oh, do you see who you are? This this is who you are. Now yeah. step into it fully. Right. And so it was in response to a question I had to him. So when you talk about how this all the questioning rolls out, yeah. it is such a beautiful and personal process. Yeah, and it really is. Yeah. And the uh um uh if you go back in, in Romans six, um uh and you should probably spend some time in this, but it's there's a Paul writes a progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in verse seven, uh, he says, um, I have set you free from sin and death. Um, and right. then in verse 18, he says, having set you free mm-hmm. from sin and death, you became a doulos, a bondservant mm-hmm. to righteousness, to, yeah. to Christ. And, and he, he explained, you have a choice to make. Right. Um, are you going to become a servant of mine or not? And then go mm-hmm. to verse 22. Uh, and it says, having uh, been set free from sin, having become a slave of righteousness, mm-hmm. he said the the fruit yes. uh, of this will be holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes on to explain that, that uh, holiness uh, and righteousness, as you're experiencing it, isn't something you go do on your own. Right. It's a, it's a result. Right. And the result is what you're learning is, well, the key to the whole thing is me becoming a doulos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I live that out, I get, I get all the benefits of that. That's what he's right. trying to say. It's, it's right. not, see, it's not making you a slave. Most people think, no. you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, I ask questions, you know, why do you not want to surrender to God? And they, mm-hmm. and they say, because if, if I do, he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. Right. Um, or he's going to send me off to someplace I don't want to go. Um, and, um, I think it's not going to be that good. And I, I say, you got it all backwards. Uh, is mm-hmm. that when you become a stulas, a servant, a bond servant of God, he actually gives you now the abundant life and the results, the right. fruit is fantastic stuff. Yeah. It's funny. Um, when, when I was journaling yesterday, one of the things that God just, one of the images God brought to mind even is how, if you have ever known, um, if you've been to an animal shelter, for yeah. example, yeah. and you have met a dog that has been tied up for so long and held in bondage. And then suddenly somebody comes and adopts them and they bring them into their home and give them freedom. And they have a yard to run in and they have provision and they have food and they have all of these things because this loving, this loving owner is caring for them and providing for them. Often it takes a while before that dog, the dog is free, yet the dog doesn't know how to step into freedom. <laughs> right. But it's, I think that is so symbolic yeah. of, of what we do oftentimes. And even with sin patterns, you know, um, 
one of the things I always remind people is, is God didn't, Jesus didn't die to help us with our struggle. He came to defeat our sin. Yeah. It's two very different things. And we so often like that dog who's been chained up for so long, even when the freedom is there, we don't even, we're, we're too afraid or we don't understand what we have to be able to step into it. Right. And, and if we can just step into what he and receive what he is offering, there is freedom in being a due loss to his righteousness, to what he Absolutely. intended for us. Uh, and the illustration we're trying to make here is uh, it's ask questions. So your journal should be full of questions. And uh, remember, we, we read in second, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, you said the carnal mind considers the things of God foolishness. Mm-hmm. So you could read that and say, well, yeah, you set me free from sin. I'm still right. sinning. So I guess it's some. That must not be loft, true. <laughs> it must be some lofty theolo- theological thing that. Or only really, for the special people. That, that doesn't matter much. So um, you just skip it. Mm-hmm. Um, and God says, no, now that you've seen this interesting thing that does cause you. I don't understand this. I don't see how this mm-hmm. works. It doesn't make sense to me ask the question, right. write the question down. Okay, well, what about this? How does this work? Um, what does this word mean? How does this apply mm-hmm. to my life? What are you, are you giving me a promise and, and you're giving me something specific that you want me to understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, and write your questions down. That's what Jesus did mm-hmm. uh, as a boy. And then uh, this third thing, uh, which is really cool, uh, it says they were amazed mm-hmm. at his uh, speaking what he now understood. So he mm-hmm. was listening. Mm-hmm. He asked questions and then he said, he said, well, then based on what you've said, then this is what it me it means. Is, is, is this mm-hmm. right? Is this what it means? Is this the truth? You know, and they said, wow, well, I'm amazed that you're getting this so quickly. Right. Um, and so um, what we do and what I do in my journal, uh, and I was actually talking about this to this executive the other day who said that uh, he's been journaling every day. Uh, and then he's been realizing that um, he doesn't, he's not absorbing everything that he's, he's done every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. a week later, it's like, well, I know that I spent some time on that, but I haven't really absorbed it. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, what, what the process is, is uh, what I do is um, I write down at the end of the week, uh, what I've heard this week is this, and I don't go back to my mm-hmm. notes. Um, I'm writing it down out of, here's what I understand so, f- so far. Um, and then I take that and I go back each day and compare what did I write of what mm-hmm. I understood and what I'm receiving to what I wrote. And oh, what that's I, what, good. What I spend time in. And what happens is I find out, you skipped. You missed a few you, things. <laughs> you skipped Tuesday completely. Uh, what you got on Tuesday, you didn't even. It didn't register with you, mm-hmm. uh, or the nuances that you you did on Wednesday uh, didn't show up in your understanding. Uh, and so, what I do then is say, okay, I got to go back there mm-hmm. and reprocess that because he's trying to say something to me. Um, he's he's pleased with what I do understand, mm-hmm. but you don't understand at all. Um, and don't skip it because what I'm building in you is something really important. And what you wrote on Tuesday or Wednesday is really significant. And I don't want you to miss it. 
So right. it's it's um, the way that I uh, look, picture abiding is you're what I call camping out. We talked about pondering, mm-hmm. eating, chewing, meditating. Uh, is as you're constantly reviewing what you're what you're writing versus what you're receiving, understanding, experiencing. Uh, it's um, you know I, I move a few days forward, mm-hmm. and then I go back, and I gotta I gotta go back two or three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it again, process it again, go forward, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and that's what the meditation and pondering is all about, is it's not about, yeah, I had a good day with that, mm-hmm. uh, and that was exciting on Tuesday. But if it's a week later and it hasn't hasn't really entered me yet, mm-hmm. um, I I do understand a few things, but I've got to go back now and ponder it and uh and spend more energy on it and say help me to get this and and this is another way by the way linda shared this a little bit yesterday uh but we do this and i know you and dan do this together uh and we're not abiding in the same place but right. um uh, i'm going through uh and by the way uh and just one side note on journals uh journals are strictly your private uh time with god and mm-hmm. what you write, and it's between you and God, and it, and and my wife and I never hand each other our right. jur- our journals. It's not my it's not my right to to read what Linda's writing, you know, to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she'll share with me, and she'll take her journal and say, "I want to share some stuff with you." But right. uh, she could be saying stuff about, "I'm really struggling about something with Rich," and and uh, help me to understand that, and God will you know will deal with that. So your right. ju- your journals are private and. And this is something really interesting, um, particularly when I deal with these executives. Um, I start them on journaling. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, the first week or so, uh, go ahead and journal. And then I would like you to send it to me just to help you make sure that you're getting you know, to the right spot. And so they send me their journal. And almost universally, they've written it as if they're going to stand up in church and read it. <laughs> uh, because they've sanitized it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're almost like, I, I really can't write down the things I really feel. I got to act mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm righteous or holy. And I said, that's not your heart. That's not authenticity. Right. I said, right. I said, God already knows it already. And he <laughs> needs you to, to know what he knows. So right. you got to write down your heart, your real true feelings. I'm angry today. I'm frustrated today. I don't get this. Where are you, God? How come? Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling this. I'm sad. I'm struggling. Write it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God said, as we understand the truth, now I'll start to process the word. Uh, and what I do, and, and I know you do this too, uh, is people tend to focus on the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh well, I'm I'm not very good today, or I or I get angry all the time, and you know they keep thinking about I got to change it, I got to change it, I got to change it. How come? How come? How come? And God has given you truth to say, mm-hmm. I understand that, but let me heal you. Right. Um, and so what I do is say, keep paying attention to the verses, keep paying attention to the words, because mm-hmm. that's what's going to lift you out of always focusing on the problem and the issue and the negative to right. God says, yeah, I know it's there. I'm not denying that, but let mm-hmm. me do this and start wrestling with me about that. Right. Uh, and I know, I know you've had experience with that as well. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, it's funny when I think about the way God works, even in journaling and stuff. When I first started journaling, 
I was such a perfectionist. So not only, <laughs> not only did I sanitize because I was afraid somebody may pick up and actually <laughs> see what my thoughts were, yeah. but I also then had to have it perfectly grammatically correct. <laughs> the teacher in me could not let that go. And so the first journal you ever see me keep, no matter, I mean, I was told for years I should be journaling. 2015, I think, no, 2013 is my first journal. And that first journal holds two years worth of journaling. One journal, two years worth of journaling. That tells you how often I would actually pick it up even when I was trying to do it because I would so particular. And then when you go forward from that point, suddenly God just said, no, it's time to just converse with me yeah. and, and let this be a free place to do that and, and to process with me. And as I did now, if you look, I can't even tell you how many journals I have yeah. because it's just such a, a, a sweet, free place of conversation between us. And I've told my kids multiple times, you know, the most valuable thing you have when I pass away is not my jewelry. It's not this house. Somebody go get my journals because there is some beauty of things that God has transformed me in that you would love to see and know. <laughs> uh, we did a retreat um, with a, a group of execs and uh, this guy was the uh, president of a uh, major, you know, Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we got into this discussion about journaling. Mm -hmm. um, and he just, he, he basically uh, said, look, and he took over the room. He said, uh, I'm not going to journal. Mm -hmm. um, I don't journal. I don't write. I don't even write my own memos. I have my assistant, you know, I dictate to her <laughs> what right. I'm going to do. Um, I writing, I'm not going to do it. Um, I said, sorry. He said, sorry, but I am not going to journal. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, that's okay. Uh, I said, you're just a self-centered person that isn't going to learn how to follow God. Um, and, um, Ouch. And, and he got mad. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, no, I'm a believer. I, you know, I, I, I know it. I said, yeah, but I said, um, if you had to go back to school, um, and you were going to, you were going to take a class, what would you be doing? Mm -hmm. well, I'd be taking notes. Yeah, exactly. I said, so the God of the universe who's got you in school, you're not going to, you're not willing to, uh, to take notes. Right, uh, right. And process stuff and, and receive. And, and it's not about what you know. It's about what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I'm not doing it. Uh, okay. I said, that's okay. Um, uh, and I said, again, you're, <laughs> I said, you're just a self-centered person that, that decided you're not going to walk with God. And so um, uh, he was a little bit miffed with me and, and he was kind of distant from me during the rest, uh, the most of the day. The next day um, we did our exercise in Ezekiel. Um, and God put his finger on, uh, you're, you're stubborn mm -hmm. and are you going to follow me or not? If you do, I'm going to bless, uh, bless the socks off of you. And if you don't, uh, you're going to drift. Uh, and mm -hmm. so he shared that and he says, okay, <laughs> he says, all right. Um, I apologize for what I said yesterday and I was arrogant and prideful, um, and who am I to say I'm not going to journal with God? Mm -hmm. He said, so I tell you what, I'm going to commit right now before the group and before my wife that I'm going to start learning how to journal, even though I don't really like it. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've never done before, but I'm going to start. Okay, well, this, this man uh, started doing journaling. Mm -hmm. um, he came to another retreat uh, about two years later. Uh, we were on, a, on our next elective subject, and he came, and he said, 
the very first thing he said, now before we go any further, uh, does he even start this retreat? I got something to say. He said, since I left that retreat and I, st- I started out <laughs> so frustrated with you, Rich, of what you said mm-hmm. to me, but I received it and what God said, I haven't missed a single day of journaling. Wow, that's awesome. And I've got so many journals now. And he said, I can tell you, all of you, the truth. It's transformed my life, mm-hmm. completely transformed my life. And I'm now experiencing God in ways I've never was before. And now I, I'm so, I so enjoy it mm-hmm. that I'll never stop doing it the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and I've seen him afterwards. And he, he actually, every time he asks me, he says, can you send me more journals? That's uh, awesome. So it's, it's quite fun. You know, what's funny, I think about too, it really is a tool against, you know, when we talked a few podcasts back about um, the, the seed, the Matthew 13 and the, the seed, what kind of ground it falls on. And there was a particular ground, a particular soil where it was choked out by distractions. Yep. And I really, for me personally, journaling is a weapon against having soil that is choked out by distractions. Yeah. Because I can get distracted by so many things, but journaling forces clarity. Yes. And then I put it down. And like you said, then I can go back and revisit. And even, even just as recent as last night, there was a, I was sharing with our small group um, that we're in um, some really cool revelation um, again, back with the Zulas and Abed stuff, but that God had spoken to me in first Samuel three. And that's why I was sharing that with them. And then, and I thought he was done speaking on that. And I, I actually had moved on a few days, you know, and thought, okay, that one's done and we're moving on and shared that. And then as we were conversing, this talk about the beauty of community of abiding people, um, two of the different comments that were made, somebody brought up questions about, um, you know, the, the beauty of the three days that are the three times in that. And then somebody else questioned the response that happened afterwards. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that just highlighted to me, I'm not done here yet. Right, right. Simply hearing what you're saying is God prompting me. Okay. I took you to that layer and I taught you this and you digested that you, you got it to the point that you could speak it. You're getting that it is in your heart and, and you know, this and now I want to take you deeper. Right. So you're not done. Go back, chew on that again. And it's exactly what you talked about, the ruminating, you know. But in this case, he used my community to remind me, um, yeah, you just talked about ruminating on a podcast and you're not done ruminating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah by the way. Yeah. Uh, so as we, uh, you know, conclude today, um, you know, just see, we see how Jesus as a boy, you know, he listened he asked questions and then he wrote down and stated, here's what I understand at this point. Yeah. And that's the, that's a beautiful description of abiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll next week uh, get a little bit further into uh, some uh, practical issues of uh, how you can abide in the, in mm-hmm. the word and in Christ and then journal. And we'll go through some really uh, wonderful steps uh, to take you deeper. And again, if you have any questions about this or anything, anything on your heart, um, uh, you can put it in the comments on the YouTube, mm-hmm. or you can uh, email us at questions at uh, afjministry.com, questions at afjministry.com, and uh, we'll answer them. We'd love to, we'd love to spend even podcasts talking about uh, things that you are, you are on your heart so we can make this more personal to you. So Absolutely. please send us, send them in. So another, yeah. another great day. 
a fun time. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Rich. This yeah. was a good week. Thank you. And, um, if you guys have found this encouraging or inspiring, um, please be a friend and tell a friend, pass the word and share the podcast with other people. Um, we would love to just grow this community. Yep. Have a great weekend and we'll, we'll see you Monday. Thanks. You too. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.